Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All Things in the Name of Love, with your host, Dr. Erica Riesberg. Music written and performed by Megan Moreau. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it, yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. All Things in the Name of Love, Episode 46, Knowing That Your Purpose is Bigger Than You, with Jacob O'Connor. Today I have with me Jacob O'Connor, who is the founder and CEO of Venture Mentality. Venture Mentality is a young company focused on changing lives and providing actionable steps towards reaching your goals and overcoming your challenges. Venture Mentality is a motivational and business Instagram page, website, and podcast. The company is run by 18-year-old entrepreneur, Jacob O'Connor. Jacob is a senior in high school dedicated to helping others and extracting their wisdom and advice from each person he meets and talks with. Venture mentality was sparked by a single question. What separates the high performers, professional athletes, and highly successful entrepreneurs from your average shows who seem to float through life without a purpose? This company provides resources, the Instagram page, website, and podcast for answering this essential question. The Venture Mentality podcast consists of interviews with high performers where Jacob explores the journey of each person he interviews and how they got to where they are now. Some of the people who have been on the show so far include Jason Stone, Millionaire Mentor, Alan Stein, Ben Newman, Andy Dane Carter, Casey Adams, and Joel Brown. Venture Mentality is looking to do more than just be a brand. Venture Mentality is a company looking to change lives and positively impact everyone that uses its resources. So, Jacob, tell me, like, what is the what what prompted you to go on this little not so little journey of yours? Yeah, so my junior year of high school, which was last year, I was in an elite entrepreneurial program called the Startup Program. And so basically what it was is you would fill out an application your sophomore year of high school, and then you would either get selected or you'd get passed on. And I ended up getting selected, but the program was the first two hours of the day, instead of being at school, you'd be traveling to businesses in the community, learning about their businesses and hearing from guest speakers. And then eventually you would be tasked to start your own little business or to create a product. And so it was a really good opportunity. And from, from that class, you know, I took a lot away from it. And from what I ended up doing with my own business, it actually wasn't the podcast. It was something else. I ended up getting an internship that I worked over the summer. While I was working that internship, I had a lot of time to listen to music and to listen to podcasts. And ultimately, that sparked an interest in communicating with people and you know, extract, extracting their wisdom and sharing different insights that I get from them. 
Interesting. What what is the impetus of like how deep do you dive in your questions? Because I know for me, my curiosity is how are people finding their passions and how do they they navigate doing their passions in the world when there's so many external pressures telling them not to? Yeah. So I, I always go, I always keep the questions from like business questions and then like life questions. And I kind of separate the two categories, but I also intertwine them. So my questions are all different levels, but you know, to answer what you were asking about how, how do I like, how did I find this? How did I stay focused on it? It really just comes from trying different things. And, you know, if you kind of like the way it, it seems to work for me is I started podcasting and started talking to people. And then after I started doing that, it kind of clicked in my head that like, Hey, I've always enjoyed talking to people. I've always loved learning about people. And, you know, just everything else from that. So it kind of works backwards to the point where you try something. And when after you try it, from that point on, you're able to look back and kind of connect connect the dots backwards, as Steve Jobs Mm -hmm. says. That I understand because I started out uh, as a kid listening to records of, of stories because I'm dyslexic. And so that's how I learned to read was audio. And then I landed a job at the main folk life center and I got paid to digitize stories. And I was like, this is kind of cool. And then I learned how to interview. And then I did voiceovers for 10 years. And then all of a sudden it was just like, oh, well, this is what I was supposed to do for my whole life. But I never imagined it, except it was the, the common thread was there. So what was you're the youngest person I've ever ever interviewed. So I, I go through this question. I know this coming up is when you were little, did you have like a burning desire to dig deeper with people? Or was it a curiosity? Like what was your motivation as a little one? So as as a kid, I have always loved basketball. Okay. And so one of the things for me was watching professional athletes like Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Space Jam, I saw that movie over and over and over again. And every time I'd watch it, no matter what time of day it was, I'd go outside and I'd start playing basketball. And so I was always super intrigued and like, well, how is he so good? But then you look at the other people in the league and they're never going to be remembered like he was. Mm-hmm. So it was that sense of curiosity and that sense of legacy that kind of kind of struck a chord for me. Awesome. I can understand that because there are such, most of us seem to limit ourselves. I think, I think that's what you mean by the average show is like, we have these internal fears that we project outward and to find that, that space where you can actually hear that deeper intuition and lean into it is a hard thing for people. Is that what you're finding with the people you're interviewing is like, they're, that's what they're tuning into more is like their, that inner voice. Yeah. For, for most of them, it's kind of that they're well connected to like, like whatever they're doing is because they're interested in it. Like, yes, there've been people I've interviewed where they've just done it for the most part to make money. Mm-hmm. But the, the most um, interesting interviews are the ones where the person was like, you know, I started doing this, then I figured out that I loved it. And like, then from there, I was just able to continue pursuing it. Has anyone offered any advice on working through the naysayers? Yeah. So no, no matter what, and this has come up with a lot of my interviews, no, no matter what you're going to have, the naysayers, but that is actually just a sign that what you're doing is like you're meant to be doing it because you know everything you do is going to have people that are fighting against you, and that fighting against you actually gives you a sense of publicity. It actually makes your name more known. So you know, um, I like to think of the book uh, The Friendle. Um, whenever I was young, I read the book called The Friendle, and we had to read it at school. And I remember the fact that the teacher was so key in that book. 
because there was this little kid who was trying to make this new device. It wasn't a pen. It wasn't a pencil. It was a friendle. And so he's trying to invent this new word. And the only reason that that word ever got added to the dictionary, you know, it's a children's book, but the only reason that it ever got added to the dictionary was because the teacher kept saying this will never happen. And it was the teacher who was talking negatively about it that was spreading the word of it and getting more people actually interested in it. That's a beautiful life lesson because I think a lot of people think that when you encounter the resistance, you give up. And and I know for me, when I started my podcast, because I didn't have any idea or interest necessarily in having a spiritual podcast, because that's not what I, I have a background in cultural history. So it's like, what spiritual podcast were you talking about? And yet, as I do it, it's so fascinating to me because it's just people like me who just I I took a vow of peace four and a half years ago because I just got sick of the external noise and every single thing in my life has changed just because of that one decision. And I think when you feel that deeper sense of like there's something more than what I think there is, that's what pushes you. Have you found that? Yeah, I have. Sometimes it's kind of just like, you know, it's, I always think of its purpose and it's like your purpose is bigger than you. Mm -hmm. Are you feeling that with your own work already? Yeah, I, I have at certain times. Can you give some examples? Let me think. I think that recently actually is one of the times I felt it because, you know, when you start out with the podcast, just like a YouTube page, just like anything, it's hard to get a following. Mm -hmm. So I, I just always remember that I would be posting these episodes and be like five listeners. It would just be a really small number. Mm -hmm. And then I checked back you know, like a couple of weeks ago and I called them like the loyal listeners. And, you know, since that point, it had exponentially grown. And so it was in that moment that it was like, okay, more people are starting, starting to join, more people are listening. So what I'm doing has a purpose and it's actually, you know, resonating with people. And it was in that time that I felt like I was doing something that it's no longer just bigger than me. Because at this point, if I don't want to post an episode, well, I know in the back of my head, there's a number of people that are counting on me that are looking for my content the next day. And if it's not there, I'm letting them down. Yeah, I found that too. What has been your most memorable conversation? The most memorable conversation. I think my most memorable conversation came with, uh, his name's Vaughn Kohler. So he's from the MFCEO project and now the Real AF um, podcast. These are two podcasts and they're both local. They're from St. Louis, Missouri. So I'm from St. Louis. Okay. And so Vaughn was the co-host for this podcast and it was the number one podcast in the world. And his new one is the number one podcast in the world for entrepreneurship and business. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, he, he does it with Andy Frisella. It's it's awesome. I love listening to it. But I was interviewing him and you know, I've always looked at him as kind of like the pinnacle of like podcasting because he's at the top and he's doing all these amazing things. And I'm having a conversation with him. I'm interviewing him and the entire time. Like it feels surreal. And then, you know, like it's at the end, he just says like, Jacob, you know, what you're doing is like amazing and you're on the right path. And like, you're doing like, this was an amazing interview and you did a great job of asking questions and just complimenting me. And I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, this is a role model in the aspect for me. And he's sitting here complimenting me and telling me that like, I'm on the right path. And so that conversation to me was kind of a source of inspiration as well as reassurance. And so that's something that I'll carry with me as I continue doing this. Yeah. Cause it's so important to have that that reassurance. I had that about eight months ago. I had, um, I reached out to Dave Meltzer on LinkedIn and I was like, 
that's an amazing post, Dave. And he said, well, how can I serve you? And I was like, you want to be on my podcast? And he's like, yeah, I want to be on your podcast. And unfortunately, it was like a 20 minute thing. And we just started going deep. And I was like, oh, shoot, he's got to get off. But but it's led to so many different contacts because he was willing to offer help. And I think that's something that I've, I, I'm aware of more and more as I become more vulnerable, I receive more help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt the same thing with Dave too. I had him on my podcast. He's such an incredible guy. Very yeah, grateful for him. Yeah. And, and just the, the wisdom that he brings mm-hmm. is just so profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who do you think has been your greatest influence in reaching into that deeper sense of who you are? The, the biggest sense for me is someone who I've actually never met and I never will meet. His name is Napoleon Hill. And so he was, um, he worked alongside Henry Ford, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Henry Ford had challenged him to, you know, I might be, I hope I'm not getting this story wrong. I know it's Napoleon Hill, but I, I can't remember if it's Henry Ford or not. Regardless, he was tasked to go out and spend 20 years interviewing the most successful people in the world. And he was guaranteed no money. He was given nothing to do it except for a letter of recommendation from Henry Ford to interview these people. And so he, he said, Napoleon, I want you to go out and I want you to do this. And if you do this right, this will make you more money than I've ever made in my life. And if you're thinking about Henry Ford, like that is a lot of money. And you're thinking about where Napoleon Hill was. He was just a writer for a newspaper at the time. So he's sitting there with the wealthiest man in the world at the time. He's thinking to himself, how could I become more wealthy than Henry Ford? And so he, there's a famous quote and uh, Napoleon Hill wrote it down and he said it to himself every day in the mirror. And he said, I'm not only going to meet you at the post, but I'm going to pass you at the grandstand. And so that, that's kind of the quote that he always used when thinking about Henry Ford and that relationship. And so Henry wanted to make sure that Napoleon was serious about this. So he took out a stopwatch. He gave, uh, he gave Napoleon Hill 60 seconds to make his decision about how he was going to spend possibly the rest of his life, what ended up being the next 20 years. He gave him 60 seconds to make this decision. And in that 60 seconds, Napoleon Hill decided that he would go out on his own with no money or any resources except for that one letter of recommendation from Henry Ford, and he would dedicate his life to doing that. And from that came multiple books, which ended up, if you look at the amount of books sold and the amount of revenue generated from that, ended up making him way more wealthy than Henry Ford and having impacted more people than him. And so hearing that was super inspiring. And kind of encouraging to myself because I like to think that I'm doing something similar. And so that is one of that that is it for me. That's beautiful. Yeah, I've always been inspired by Napoleon Hill because he was so curious and he was so earnest in his curiosity and and didn't let his his mind trip him up from that. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Chuck. Do you and do you have any daily practices that you do to help keep you focused? Um, I believe in routines. So I have a morning and nighttime routine that I stick to. And then throughout the day, I always make sure to keep a couple of things consistent so that even though, you know, we change place and we go to different places, if you can keep a couple of factors consistent, it helps. I think it helps you maintain that same energy and level of focus. Are there any favorites of your practices that you'd like to share? I really enjoy kind of the goal setting practice that I, that I do as well as reading. So I, my goal is always to read a book a week and okay. I'm 
I'm pretty good at doing that. And so, you know, being intentional and making the time to sit down and read a book, I think a lot of people lose that after high school or even middle school for some people because they get busy and they just don't think that this is worth it. But the best investment you can make is in yourself. So I always enjoy like, even though I'm super busy with all of my homework and doing this, I always enjoy saying, hey, I need to sit down and I need to take time to read today. And so I love reading and I get a lot from it. That's something I do every day. Then the other one is goal setting. So I'll write down my goals every day. And, you know, I just, I just keep it. I have a long list, but every day I'll write down a short list of just eight different things. And I like to visualize each kind of thing because, you know, a big key of attracting things, the big key of hitting your goals is actually visualizing it. Mm -hmm. So I like to sit there and I like to do like a, maybe a little vision board, but inside of my head. Mm -hmm. Are you mono focused or multitask focused? Because that's going to answer my next question or lead to the next question. In terms of what? In terms of like when you have you have eight things on your goal list, do you focus on one thing for X period of time and then go on to the next? Yeah, um, I, I used to do that. And it, I don't know, it wasn't natural for me. And so okay. I've always been kind of multi-focused and it's actually working out better. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Because for me, I know if I focus on one thing, then I'm fully present for it. And then I don't care about anything else. And I think that's a function of the fact that I get distracted really easily. <laughs> so. for, for me, for me, it's just been that if I focus on one thing only, then I set maybe a timeline on it or something like that, I'll get very stressed out trying to rush things. And it's oh, okay. easier to be more patient if I am working on multiple things at once. Interesting. And do you have any practices that keep you present to what's going on in your life? Yeah, I like to journal. That's one of them okay. that I haven't been as consistent with lately, and I'm I'm going to I'm going to fix that. But I I love journaling. I I do it most nights, and it's just a good way to recap the day as well as mm -hmm. to kind of put yourself at ease before you go to bed. That I understand because I do it too. Do you do a gratitude list at all? Yeah, in in the morning, I I have I've tried different things. You know, I've cycled through, and what I've ultimately decided on is each morning I'll pick one person that I was thankful for from the day before and just focus on that for a couple of seconds, you know, nothing else distracting me. Just right when I wake up, I'll do that. And then the next day I'll do the same thing and on and on. Nice. What are your plans for uh post June? Um, I'm heading off to Wichita state. It's looking like I'll be going to college there. I'm hoping if everything uh, works out well, I should know pretty soon here, but nice. Uh, yep. I'll be continuing the podcast while I'm doing that. and. Things are looking good. Awesome. Are you planning on uh, majoring in business or? Entrepreneurship. Entre they have an entrepreneurship program? Yep. I, uh, nice. I, yep. I got a scholarship through their entrepreneurship program. So That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you would like to share with me? I just, thank you for having me on and taking the time to talk with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. How can my listeners find you? So I'm on Instagram at venture.mentality as well as, you know, the podcast is on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, it's anywhere, it's Venture Mentality. And then I am on Twitter at VM underscore Elevate. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Of course. Thank you. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. You as well. Thank you so much, Jacob. Thank you. The action item of the week is to tune in and see if you have any mentors. If you don't, Here's a great opportunity for you to find one. Tune into yourself and find out if there's something you want to know more about and you don't know where to start. 
That's a great place to start with a mentor. Then ask. Find someone that resonates with you and ask them if they will help you. It's not nearly as scary as you think it is. Until next week, I bid you the highest peace, love, and prosperity. Namaste. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. Let it flow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.